Welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. Glad you're with us. Going to wrap up our kingdom series today. We're going to talk about kingdom government. You know, when man uh, rejected the leadership of God, when he decided to not represent the government of God, he set up his own government. And we've been having problems ever since because man-made governments always lead to chaos. God's remedy to chaos, though, is proper government. We're going to learn about the government of God's kingdom and how it's in operation today. So come on, let's get right into that. I want to share a little bit because we're going to talk about ordination today. And I want to finish up our series on the kingdom, wrap it up today. Uh, We're talking about kingdom. So I'm going to wrap it up, talk a little bit about kingdom and government, kingdom and government. So uh, how many know yesterday was Canada Day? Did you celebrate? How many like Canada? You like Canada? Glad you live in Canada. Think it's a pretty great place. You know, uh, in around January and February, I'm not that thrilled with it, but uh, just the cold I don't really enjoy. But you know, I do love this country, and I've been privileged to travel on every continent except Antarctica. I didn't go down there. I didn't get a call to minister to any penguins, but. Uh, But I've been on every continent of the world and ministered in so many places. And I'll tell you, when you travel with a Canadian passport, there's favor on that. There really is. And and people, they like Canadians. And uh, I think the Canadians are going to have a massive open door in these last days. You know, uh, it's true. A couple... You know, on the, uh, on the Peace Tower, it literally does. On the Peace Tower, it has a verse around the Peace Tower at the top. And the verse says, uh, For he shall have dominion which is his kingdom shall be manifest, his domain, his domain, the king's domain, his dominion. He shall have dominion from sea to sea. And then I love this. It says, and from the rivers to the ends of the earth. From the rivers to the ends of the earth. And there's not been a few. There's been many, many people who've come through our nation, many foreign uh, dignitaries and, and uh, young Yi Cho, when he came, many other preachers from other nations. They come and on the soil here in Canada, they feel a destiny on this nation to bring about a massive revival that'll sweep the nations and bring about an incredible thing, you know? So I think every nation should understand this identity and feel incredibly special. I think there's a redemptive gift in every single community, but I'm willing to embrace that. I'm willing to, I'm willing to, it says, it says, Timothy, war a warfare with the word spoken over you. War a warfare, war a warfare with the word spoken over you. It says many have shipwrecked their faith because they didn't. There's a word, there's a destiny, there's a purpose in your life, and war a warfare over that word. And I believe that word over this nation, and I want to be a part of it. I say, Lord, if you're looking for somebody, here I am, send me. And I'm believing that, and we want to be, we want to raise up an apostolic community that sends people to the nations with the fire of God to bring about such an incredible awakening in the nations that will usher in the second coming of Christ. So I'm all for that. Oh, Canada. We stand on guard for thee. God, keep our land glorious and free. Amen? So Canada. So I got a, a couple of facts about Canada that you might not know. Uh, number one, there is an official phone number for Canada. It's 1-800-O-CANADA. You, somebody should try that right now. Google me, see if I'm telling you the truth. But I understand that if you call that line, Canada answers. So I mean, it's just one of those amazing facts. Hawaiian pizza was invented in Canada. In fact, I believe it was invented in London. I I believe that's true. I didn't look it up today, but I've heard that it was London, Ontario that made the first Hawaiian pizza. Who likes Hawaiian pizza? 
God bless you. No taste buds at all. But You know, there is a nation in the world that Hawaiian pizza is the number one pizza of that nation. Does anybody know what nation that is? Hawaii would make sense, Hawaii, wouldn't it? That's not it. So, it's actually Australia. That's why they're down on the bottom, a little upside down. Blood rushed to their heads, you know. Uh, Hawaiian pizza, invented in Canada, favorite. 10% of the world's forces are on Canada, and 3% of them are on fire right now. And, uh, and because God's judging New York City, it's all going right down there. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Anyways, no, just kidding, just kidding. All right, Dawson City. How many know Dawson City is in Canada? How many have been to the Yukon? You've been to the Yukon? Well, you know something, if you go to the Yukon, there's a, there's a club in Dawson City called the Sour Toll Cocktail Club. And you get any drink, you pick the drink, whatever drink you want, but you have to drink it with a toe in the drink. And your lips have to touch the toe, and if you swallow the toe, it's a $2,500 fine. But people who get frostbite and lose their toes donate their toes to this pub so that this group can have the Sour Toe Cocktail Club. Only in Canada. True story. True story. You got to know that you live in Canada. This makes a lot of sense. The United States has invaded Canada twice and they lost both times. Amen. Oh, Canada. We love our neighbors, but don't mess with us. You know, I mean, man. Longest street is Young Street. Did you know Young Street runs 2,000 miles? Isn't that wild? It actually bends, turns around, and that you can follow that whole thing, I think, to the state line of Wisconsin. I think that's right. Or maybe it's Minnesota. I don't know. Too much geography there. Longest coastline in the world. Canada is the longest coastline in the world. 202,000 kilometers. Pretty amazing. Wasaga Beach. Canada has the longest freshwater beach in the world. Wasaga Beach. How many been to Wasaga? The second longest freshwater beach is? Also up there in Lake Huron, it's... Sobel Beach. Isn't that great? Man, we are a blessed country. You know that we, are, we have more freshwater lakes in our, in our landmass than any other nation as well. I mean, it's an incredible place. Canada eats more donuts than any other country in the world. Amen? I'm trying not to, but I do think for years I've pushed the average a little bit higher. But uh, anyways. Basketball was invented in Canada. You know that. Basketball invented in Canada. Dr. James Naismith. Superman was co-created by Jerry Siegel and Canadian Joe Schuster. Isn't that great? Canada is the most educated country in the world. True story. More than 50% of Canadian population has a post-secondary education qualification, and Canada has a literacy rate of 99%. Isn't that amazing? They haven't clearly looked at my PowerPoint sometimes, but anyways, they'd find that questionable. All right, let's step in. I just wanted to quickly, very quickly talk to you about kingdom and government. Kingdom and government. Kingdom really is government. Kingdom is a form of government. It's the government of Almighty God. So the Bible is about a king, a kingdom, and a royal family of children. That's what the Bible's about. When you read that book, it is about a king. It's about his kingdom, and it's about him pulling together and framing a royal family that he can manifest his goodness to the whole cosmos in and through, that he can share and he can co-reign over the whole universe, over the whole cosmos with this redeemed community that is his family. A message about the desire of a king to extend his kingdom through his royal family. Matthew chapter 13, 33 
The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Now, we started announcing the kingdom way back 12 weeks ago. It's pretty bizarre, isn't it? Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. A woman used making bread, even though she put only a little yeast in three measures, 60 pounds of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. So what's the kingdom like? What's it like? Jesus said, here's what the kingdom's like. It's like yeast and how it interacts with dough. The kingdom is like that. You see, the kingdom, when it comes and when it's declared and when it's spoken, the kingdom is going to continue like the yeast does through the dough. The kingdom is going to permeate every single aspect of culture. Settle down. Every part. Listen to this now. Quietly, progressively, and inevitably. Quietly, progressively. It's like yeast. It happens quietly, progressively, but I'll tell you, inevitably, this kingdom will manifest itself in the whole earth. Every sphere, every place, every tongue, every knee, every tribe, every tongue is going to be yielded to the king of glory. And his kingdom will fill every single part. His kingdom will fill everything in every way. We just sang a song. That song right there is out of Isaiah chapter 9. It talks about the names of Jesus. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 7 says, and of the increase of his government, says the government shall be upon his shoulder. The interesting thing is it talks about a key holder, and in their day, there were key holders to the city. The city had gates, great big locks, great big locks, and there were people who were key holders of cities. Even when it talks about you have the keys of the kingdom, people he was referring, there's people who understood those keys. They understood key holders who could unlock and could lock. And these key holders, you know where they wore their keys? The keys were on their shoulders. And they wore the key on their shoulders. It says, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Do you know what Jesus carried on his shoulder? You know what he took on his shoulder? He carried something on his shoulder, and then that very thing, he died upon that thing. The key he carried on his shoulder was the cross. And what we operate in is now the finished work of the cross. Everything necessary to be done was absolutely finished in the work of the cross. Jesus carried on his shoulder the government that brings us absolute release and an absolute manifestation. The the good news of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, will permeate the whole earth and manifest his goodness everywhere. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That means it's increasing right now. That means the kingdom is beginning and con continuing to expand right now. In order to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts everywhere in scripture is a type of the Holy Spirit. What's going to bring this into expression? What's going to manifest it? Jesus went and he said, Holy Spirit, your turn. The Holy Spirit came and he baptized a community called the church. And through the church and in partnership with the Holy Spirit, he is going to bring the kingdom and the full expression of his government. The zeal of the Lord will absolutely accomplish. The Lord is saying it's going to happen. It's going to be done. I'm personally taking responsibility that it shall be manifest. Genesis 1, 28, then God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. The word subdue, subdue is the word kibosh. Put the kibosh, uh, any, any place. You see, the creation was established in a void, in a place of chaos. It says the waters were over the deep, and it was chaos. And it says, and the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light. But in this realm of chaos, God introduced his divine government in this realm of chaos. And in this realm, he created someone just like him, and he let us be co-regents with him. And it says, let us make man in our own image, and let him reign and rule. And so God 
God's eternal purpose always was that he would bring the whole cosmos back under his authority and back under his lordship through a redeemed community of people that are not redeemed by our good works, but redeemed by his good work, a covenant that he cut with us. God cut a covenant with God and included us in the subscript. And now God has given us all power and all authority in this realm and in the cosmos, in all heavenly realms and all spheres. We have a responsibility as the people of God to bring everything in the cosmos under the authority of his headship. Wow! I thought we just hung out on Sunday, sang a few hymns, you know, paid the God bill and went home. We're here to govern. The real government of the world is in the realm of the church, and it's in our responsibility to bring it into expression. It says, it says in, uh, I believe it's Timothy, but we shared it with you, but the church is the pillar and the foundation of truth. The church is the pillar, not a pillar, not a foundation, not a part of, but the church is the pillar and the foundation of truth. If there's going to be truth, redeeming truth, freeing truth, a revelation of truth, it's going to happen because the church understands who they are and rises up and manifests the reign, the rule, and the government of God himself in all the affairs and spheres of man. How do we do this? We rise up militantly and we demand our rights. No. You know how it's done? It's done through unconditional, beautiful love. This is a war, but it's a love war. And we're going to serve. We're going to lay down our lives. We're going we're to bless. We're going to bring in the goodness, the grace, the love of God in every aspect of our worlds. You know, love is the most powerful, powerful weapon. Love overcomes all. It really, really does. So we are called to subdue it. Here you see is, is the, the call of man was to subdue it, to reign over it, and to have dominion over it. So three observations. You ready? Three observations. Government is God's idea. Wrong governing brings chaos. So what happened here is you see, see that, that God wants government. What was lost was government. What man lost was not his relationship with God. At the fall, you didn't lose your relationship with God. God was even talking to Cain before he killed his brother. He said, hey, sin crouches at the door. Stop it. You could master over it. There was still communication. There was still a relationship. Sin did not mean that God couldn't speak to us. Sin meant that we lost our right as rulers. But Jesus came to put it all back. So because of the finished work of the cross, because he turned that big key of the cross, we have been restored for our rightful place to reign and rule in life. Those who receive the gift of righteousness, the abundance of grace, they will reign in life through one Christ Jesus. So we are called to be co-regents to reign with him. We are the government of God. Man, I tell you, I wish people would really grasp this. The, the nonsense we do in the name of church and think it'll cause change, and we don't even know who we are. Ignorance is a horrible thing. People perish for lack of knowledge. Wrong governing brings chaos in any realm. See, the, the wrong government usurped the reign of Adam. Adam's right to rule was usurped, and the wrong government came in, and a, a different landlord took over, and wherever that happens, there is chaos. And you see, Satan did that when he was uh, one of the, the three reigning, ruling cherubs. He thought, he was reigning and ruling, and he just thought, I could ascend above the throne of God. Boom. As soon as he thought that, he was cast down. But you see, when he decided, I'm going to usurp government, chaos was introduced to a realm that he had authority over. But God created us, and he's established us to reign and rule with him through the finished work of the cross. It's a lot of stuff I know. You need to listen to it over and over again. God's remedy for chaos and disorder is correct government. 
It's correct government. A lot of people just church, they don't get church and government. They don't see how they're related. And you see, they're related because Jesus, when he came, he came bringing a new government. He brought a new rule. He brought new authority. He brought a new way to live. He brought a new way to operate. He introduced the divine realm of God's authority and kingdom into the earth. Welcome to the kingdom. Come on, everybody, receive it. And they understood it, and it says they were violently trying to press their way into it. So government is God's idea. Wrong government brings chaos, and God's remedy for chaos and disorder is correct government. So man rejected heaven's government when he chose independence. The result was man-made attempts to govern God's creation. The root of the problems that plague mankind are primarily fallen government and religion. The problems we have today throughout the earth, Russia and Ukraine and, and these wars and these things in the Sudan and, and people, I mean, the Tutsis and the Hutus, I couldn't tell the difference, but they're fighting each other and religious things. And you had, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, even in Ireland, they were fighting the Catholics and the Protestants. I mean, my goodness. And we see nation rising up against nation. We see philosophies and things rising up against each other. But the primary root that plagues all of mankind is fallen government and religion. And how does God address chaos? How does God address chaos? He inserts and he brings into manifestation the proper realm of government. Amen. How many are just quiet because you're paying attention? Don't remember. Please remember that my love language is... Words of affirmation. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate that. I need about five of those a sermon. All right, so. A few real uh, simple definitions of a few types of government. Feudalism. Feudalism is where you're given authority, you're given land. It's my land. I'm the Lord of this land. Anyone who's on this land, you serve at my wishes. It's my land. I am the Lord of this land. The power of ownership makes me the landlord, so you do as you're told because this is the type of government we have. Feudalism. Dictatorship. It's a concept. I put the con in uh, and highlight the con there because it is a con. There's people who say, I am in authority because I've been divinely appointed. Something has divinely appointed me. And so we have dictatorships that they say, I have a divine authority, so do as you're told, and, and they become dictators. Communism is, is similar to that. It's an authoritarian control of land and people. Authoritarian socialism is not as much an authoritarian thing. They don't think it is, but it's where the state, this, this collective of the state, they all decide how we're going to control things and we're going to do things to benefit everybody and we can all have you know equity and we can all get along and you don't need nobody needs to be poor nobody needs to be this nobody. and then we develop this socialism structure and then there's democracy praise god for democracy not really we thought democracy would answer to everything and so they went over to the middle east and did some nation building and assisted on people remember the people got their thumbs dipped in ink and everybody voted and if we can just give all the little people a chance to vote then everything will be okay well you gave all the little people a chance to vote and they voted in terrorist organizations so the fundamental problem is at the very foundation of democracy it's at the foundation power and authority is established by majority vote and the sad thing is it's only good if your majority is in the majority. It's only good if people who agree with you are in the majority. If the people who agree with you are in the majority, then everything's going okay for you. But what happens if more people disagree with you than agree with you? And if the mob makes the rules, what happens to the rules? And that's what democracy is all about. 
And you know what? In a democracy, all you got to do is you got to rally and shout and scream to get enough people on your side so we can force everybody to be like us. And then the other side fights back and they push back and everybody should be like us. And it seems like a really good way to rule, but it's broken, it's messed up, and it just leads to chaos. Can I get an amen? Church government, congregational, by the people, presbytery, by the eldership, episcopacy, by the bishopric, autocracy, there's a self-appointed. I came to town, I, I was accused once that there's a young man, I was at a prayer meeting with a group of pastors, and we were having a revival, a lot of people were enjoying the revival, but I was accused of, there's a young man who's come and bought himself, it was a rich young man, came and bought himself a building, and has started up services like the Toronto airport, and he's stealing people from our churches, and I'm like, excuse me, I think that might be me, except you have a misunderstanding. I'm rich, maybe, in God, but I didn't buy that building. I'm from a long-standing denomination that's been in the city for over 70 years, and uh, we're not stealing anybody. We don't get anybody to sign up. In fact, we insist that if this is not your church home, make sure you're at your home on Sunday, and if you're going to give, you give out of abundance, but your tithe or whatever you want to call that, that belongs in your local church. And they're like, oh, but you know, there are some people who come into town, they just buy their own building, put their plaque up, say, hey, I'm Dr. Whoopie Doo, and then they gather a whole bunch of people to themselves, and it's some autocratic thing. We don't know how things go on over there, but uh, anyways, it's an autocratic, self-appointed form of government. But then there's theocracy. Say theocracy. Theocracy is divine government. Hallelujah. See, some people think, well, the church should run by democracy. Democracy is chaos. And that is what happens. You know, we literally do believe that the Bible says Jesus is the head of his church. So people ask me, who runs the church? I went, well, Jesus. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says Jesus is the head of his church. He's the source of every good thing. So there is a correct form of church government, and that is theocracy, and that is the government of the kingdom of God. How are you doing? How are you saying my brain hurts? Oh my God. All right, okay. Acts 3, 19 to 21. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord that he may send Jesus who was preached before you whom heaven must receive and in other translations who say who heaven must retain. Must retain him until the times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of the holy prophet since the world began. Now that's my favorite eschatology scripture. My very favorite, because when is Jesus coming back? Well, it says here, he's not released to come back. He's not released to return. Heaven is withholding him until something happens, until the times of restoration of all things. Amen. Well, I thought he was going to restore it when he came back. No, that's not what it says. So there's going to be an expression of kingdom. So that word restoration is the word apokatastasis. And that word means the restoration, not only of true theocracy, but also the more perfect state, even in the physical realm, things which existed before the fall. So there's going to be a restoration that doesn't just happen in, in a somehow spiritual way or a little way, or we're going to make a little bit of a bang down here. The bang is going to be so big, it's actually going to affect even the natural realm, even the physical realm in every way. There's going to be such an expression of his kingdom, rule, and majesty through his redeemed community, it's going to affect even forest fires floods. It's going to touch even nature. Just like he said, peace be still. A community is rising up that knows how to take authority even in the physical, in the natural realm. Oh, we don't want to do all that. Can't he just come and get us out of this mess? No. 
for that very verse right there. Read it, study it, take a look at it. Romans 8, 19 to 21, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. All of creation, the whole world, is longing for the people of God to wake up and understand who you are and start operating in that authority because there is creation itself, people, God's creation, objects of his incredible love want to know, do you know who you are? Do you know what you've been called to? Do you know how much God has invested in you? This isn't just communities hanging out every once in a while, having little socials and, and, you know, being generous every once in a blue moon. This is the governing community of the cosmos. We keep fighting with City Hall or fighting with, you know, Ottawa and all that stuff. Rubbish. The eyes of God are not on Ottawa, not on City Hall. The eyes of God are on this room today, and they want to know, what are you going to do about it? We don't know. We, we, we get so confused. We get so sidetracked. We get drawn away with this voice, that voice, the other voice. We don't know who we are, and we don't know how to operate in the theological paradigm of God's government. Anyway, it takes a long time. It takes a long time to teach this stuff, and I got to move on. The timekeeper's telling me, go. All right. Colossians 1, 15 to 18, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him and in all were all things created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that he in all things may have preeminence. He's going to have preeminence with a body that aligns itself with the head. Right now, the body in so many ways is headless. It's, it's running around like the headless horseman trying to do a bunch of nonsense. But when the body of Christ would align with the headship of Christ, the preeminence of Christ would come into full-blown expression and manifestation. Ephesians 2, 19 to 21. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints of God's household, having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone. Apostles and prophets are foundational. Foundational ministries, headship ministries, ascension ministries, Fivefold ministries are all foundational ministries. What happens to foundations? They're covered with dirt. There's people who call themselves fivefold ministries today, but they're all on TV. They're all doing wonderful things. They're all blah, 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 blah. You see, they are not to do ministry, they are to equip the saints for ministry. But we got people doing ministry and distracting and messing with people's heads. There's this, there's rubbish that comes out of that set. I want to throw it across the room. But you see, Christ is the chief cornerstone. He didn't mind being covered in dirt. You see, because genuine ministry is here to serve. It's not to reign over, to rule over, go, aren't I smart? It's here to equip people. It's here to release. We don't do ministry. We equip and edify so that ministry can take place. Would all the ministers please put their hands up? The ministers aren't up here. The ministers are right there. 
We should be doing equipping gifts. We are covered with dirt. We are foundational things to help people be and fulfill the ministry God called them to be. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, and he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all. How long will those ministries be responsible to do that? Until, until when? Until we all come to the unity of faith, to the full knowledge of the Son of God, the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How many think we've made it there yet? How many think those ministries then are very important to our growth, to our maturity, and to us fully manifesting our callings and giftings today? There's got to be an alignment with that. There's got to be an alignment with true theocracy. We have to understand it. And true theocracy has come to serve, has come to honor, has come to come under and come alongside of. Dr. Miles Monroe, he said, government by corporate leadership. Government by corporate leadership. He had an exclamation mark there. He said, the theocratic order of a king over kings as partners in governing. The beautiful thing about the king is he's not just a king, but he's a kingmaker. He's not just a king, but he's someone who shares authority with others. He has come to take you, to lift you up and exalt you. In Revelation, it says he washed us and cleansed us with his own blood, and he has made us to be kings and priests. You were washed by the blood of Jesus for what? So that you could reign and rule and be a bridge to the eternal realm and bring into manifestation his government in the earth. He washed us and cleansed us with his own blood so that he could call us kings and priests. And then here's, here's the result. You ready? Here's the result. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. The only way the glory, the only way the power, the only way the kingdom comes was when the body of Christ understands who they are. Amen. Can I get an amen from the back row? All right. All right. One last verse. One last verse. First Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal, royal, say royal. What's God doing? He's creating a royal family. It's what he's doing. The king wants to manifest his kingdom. He wants to bring everything out of chaos. He wants to bring his reign and rule into expression. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Now, we got to do church stuff. We got to do divine government stuff. It says when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts of human beings. It doesn't mean gifts of men. That's a brutal translation. How many saw Rick Warren, Saddleback Pastor? For 40 years, he believed women shouldn't be in ministry. For 40 years, he taught that. For 40 years, he confessed as I taught rubbish. He literally said, I sinned against the church by preaching that women should not be in roles of leadership or preach. Man, you got to be careful who you follow sometimes. You need to follow Jesus. Amen? And I appreciate Rick Warren and all he did, but you know what? I appreciate a lot more somebody after 40 years of ministry would stand up and say, I was wrong, and I am so sorry that I sinned against the whole part of community. And yet there's a whole bunch of people who stood against him, and he got kicked out of the Southern Baptist Church. <laughs> Lord have mercy. It is not, although today we're going to ordain a couple of men, I mean, this is, he gave gifts of human beings. And it's not he gave gifts to people. We're not going to give a gift to somebody today. We're not laying hands on somebody and say, I impart to you a gift. We're laying hands on people because we recognize God has given us a gift. These are not people who have a gift. These are people who embody a gift of Jesus Christ. We are going to watch an unpacking. Jesus himself is going to unpack for us today 
ascension giftings that he has set in point for right now, a part of his government, his theocracy, that they are going to be people who are released to help, to serve, and to equip the body of Christ to better manifest and better approach the full stature of Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. 